Welcome to Episode 5 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Today, Keith begins a series of conversations about guarding your testimony. He has found that the casual consumption of alcohol has become part of many believers' lives. Today, he shares how to provoke a conversation about this sensitive subject. Welcome to Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. Keith Tusi is the apostolic team leader of the Network of Related Pastors. He loves the church and its leaders. You will be empowered and equipped to walk in fruitful ministry as you listen to Keith put leadership truth in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at nrpastors.com. And now, here's Keith Tusi. Today I want to talk about the issue of Christians drinking, as in alcoholic consumption. I've had a lot of questions about this lately, and it seems that casual drinking has become part of many believers' lives. Many young believers have not even heard teaching on the value of alcoholic abstinence. Now, I'm talking to leaders, and I don't believe that leadership is about liberty or about license. I believe that leadership is about surrender. Now, as people are quick to point out when I hit this subject, well, you have a drinking past, you know, B.C., before Christ in your life. There was alcoholism in your family and in your own life, and, and that is true. But I don't think that disqualifies me from understanding the value of sobriety. Uh, I think maybe it gives me some insight to understand uh, how addicting alcohol can be and what a crutch it can be for some people. But let's look at the scripture because that's really our law of faith and practice. First of all, let's understand that in the Bible age that water was not consumed like we consume water today because it was not healthy to do that. And so almost every culture drank wine because it it would not poison you, it would not you know, pollute your body uh, like the water would. They did not drink wine for the purpose of becoming intoxicated. Uh, interesting, you know, in Acts, the second chapter, when the Holy Spirit is being poured out and the, the disciples are being accused of being drunk. And uh, Peter's response in Acts 2.15 is, listen, it's only the third hour of the day, meaning 9 a.m., Uh, How could we be drunk? We'd have to have been drinking for hours to be this intoxicated. And the point I want to make here is that that wine, yes, absolutely, it did have alcoholic content. But the purpose was not for intoxication. Uh, So you would have had to drink a lot of that wine. And what Peter is saying is, hey, there's not enough time in the day. It's only the third hour. It's 9 a.m. Now, People are quick to point out that Paul said to Timothy, drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. I agree. Drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. In other words, Paul and Timothy must have been uh, abstainers because Paul is giving him leave, telling him, go ahead and drink a little bit of wine. It might help your stomach. Now, this could be a reference to Leviticus 
10, 9, where it says, and do not drink wine or strong drink. So there's a great delineation there. Now, let me say this right away. Drinking alcohol that is particularly designed to numb the senses and create a buzz and get you drunk, I'm sorry, as a believer, that's just like taking drugs. It's just a drug you're drinking. And I think we really need to challenge people in that vein. Uh, And it's not a matter of saying, well, I'm addicted. It's a matter of saying, am I dependent? Do I need this to take the edge off? Do I need this to relax? Well, if you do, I think it's time to go on a fast. Uh, And I would say say that for people who drink coffee too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All you coffee drinkers, it's the same thing. It's using something as an as an intoxicant to take the edge off and and maybe you need to go on a on a caffeine fast too boy I'm really meddling here now aren't I you know often I would get questions when I would would challenge some folks about these things about like why are you making such a big deal by the little thing and my response was if it's just a little thing why not let it go what what is the big deal If a little bit of drinking, if a little bit of casual drinking, as you're saying, is just a little thing, then why mess around with it? Why have that baggage and that opportunity to cause somebody else to stumble, if not yourself? If it's just such a little thing, leave it behind. Now, I will also say this, because I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying to provoke you to have leadership in context of the local church and the community that you live in. There is a difference between somebody having a drink of wine at home and somebody going out in town and drinking, especially if it's a drinking atmosphere. And let's not play games here. We know what a drinking atmosphere is, and we know what a dinner atmosphere is. And uh, those people that can't discern the difference probably shouldn't be part of this discussion. And I would also say this. uh, While you may not have a strict code in your church for your leadership about never drinking, I think one of the things that should be a strict code is that we never drink in the context of Christian fellowship. When there's a get-together with people in our church or any type of a church function or social, even if it's not an official one, then there should not be any drinking there because you don't know who's watching you, you don't know how they're interpreting you, and you don't know what struggles they may have too that they may take what you are doing just as a license. Uh, You know, for me personally, I told people what my convictions were. I told them these were my convictions. I told them on the practical side, I thought there were benefits to my convictions. As a matter of fact, theologically, I believe that the wedding and the wedding party, the wedding celebration is one and the same. I don't see a distinction. So I would not marry people that were going to have alcohol and serve it the way it is served And we know what that means. There's no way to regulate it. I've been down that road. Uh, I just said, listen, I do not want to participate in that wedding. Uh, One of the other pastors or elders can marry you. Uh, You know, I, I will come. I will participate like that. But I just have a conviction that I don't want to officiate that. And as I explained that to people and they understood that, then they uh, were usually very appreciative. I did have kind of one blowout over it over the years that was uh, rather memorable. But uh, you know what? That's that's the deal. That's what leadership cost. 
And I know personally, personally, I know of two Christian weddings where a member of the wedding party died in a traffic action accident as a result of consuming alcohol. At a Christian wedding, thoroughly born-again people who, of course, were not doing anything wrong in their head or in their heart, but just were not really thinking. And, I mean, I think that's that's a tragedy. Obviously, those people are responsible for what they did and how much they drank themselves. But why put ourselves in a position? The fact that I happen to know two of those myself, not know about them. I actually know those families. Uh, that is a very sad state of affairs. I think that our generation needs to really offer some leadership to young people and begin to teach them that dedication and consecration and even sacrifice are valuable to the Lord and that we ought to inspire them and challenge them and call them to personal dedication these lives and at least get them to start asking the right questions. I think just some basic teaching in Scripture would be helpful. I think to get up and announce something like this, and this is what's required, I wouldn't do that. I would teach my way through Scripture. I would sow some vision about these things, the value of sobriety, and point out all the people in the Bible and in life who got in a lot of trouble because they just drank too much wine. Maybe they started before 6 in the morning. I don't know. Listen, God wants to intoxicate us, but not with alcohol. He wants to be our substance. He's the one that wants to take the edge off. He's the one that wants to lift us out of our blue moods. He's the one that wants to be the thing that is relied upon. I want to challenge you to really give some consideration to this and go over some of the scriptures and teach just from a biblical standpoint, what does the Bible say, and begin to urge people to say, how am I going to apply this to their life? And then you know what they'll do? They'll ask you, how do you apply it to your life? And because you have a great lifestyle, and you're not wasting God's money on uh, this kind of drink, then you can be a great example and inspiration to them. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Leadership in Context. Today, Keith had a conversation about alcohol consumption. Alcohol can be addicting and can be a crutch. As a leader, we are not to be legalistic, but purposeful in the leading of our church and our example in the community. This is a subject that we need to provoke conversation about. We need to sow vision in the next generation and teach that dedication, consecration, and sacrifice are valuable to the Lord. God wants us intoxicated with His Holy Spirit. He wants to be the only one we rely upon. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our blog at inourpastors.com backslash blog. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at inourpastors. See you next week.